Hey y'all, guess who's back with another episode this weekend? Hey, it's your girl Stephanie with another episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And I'm making this up. Either way, it's a bonus episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. So I'm talking about everything in this episode. I'm talking about everything I love from wrestling this week in a throwback segment like I used to do where I talked about everything that I found interesting from all three shows raw nxt and smackdown then i have a stellar interview with um the thick thighed one-eyed wrestling warrior the woad like this conversation is really good and i hope you guys get into it and then of course i have more information about the show next saturday um the belladonna divisions genesis is taking place at the gaston mall so sit back relax and listen to this bonus episode of the hardy wrestling podcast catch the vibe Okay, so in this segment, I'm going to do sort of like a throwback um, recap. So when I first started the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, I used to talk about everything I liked within the week in one thing, as opposed to separating it um, by show, um, by doing a recap on Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. So now I'm basically, to fit in with the whole throwback thing that SmackDown had going on last night, I'm going to do a throwback of all the things I actually enjoyed or the things that really intrigued me um, on all of the shows. So I'm going to start with Raw now and talk about how Charlotte Flair basically privileged her way um, and basically put politicked her way into a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship at Backlash versus Rhea Ripley and Asuka. And she was talking to Sonya Deville here. Basically, you know, she kept saying, you know, um, make it fair for Flair and all this other stuff. And she was just, you know, shoehorning her way in. And I feel like there are a lot of fans online who were talking about how much they really how much WWE really just don't get that we just don't want to see her you know go for the title again or sort of you know shoehorn herself in but I think that's a part of the point um I think that's a part of the reason why um they know we don't want to see her because they know that ultimately we want to see her lose but then someone else you know mentioned on um Twitter during Raw by they mentioned that Rhea Ripley didn't exactly, you know, earn her way, you know, to a title shot either. She just kind of walked up to Oscar and challenged her. So why is it any different, you know, that Charlotte, you know, does like, why are we, you know, angry at Charlotte doing it when essentially Rhea Ripley did the same thing to Oscar at WrestleMania. And I thought that was pretty interesting. That's an interesting dichotomy there. But I'm hoping for me, I'm hoping that at Backlash, Rhea Ripley can, you know, win and sort of prove herself, you know, as a new talent here on the main roster. And then there's the fact that her and um, Asuka, of course, have that history, you know, from WrestleMania, but then her and Charlotte have an even more checkered past because Charlotte was the one who beat her for the NXT Women's title last year. So I'm hoping that Rhea Ripley can pull off the win here, but Charlotte Flair as a heel is just absolutely wonderful. Like it's a really good fit for her, even though she's still getting on my nerves and she's giving off, you know, major Karen privilege vibes but you know it's just still really you know interesting and then to also see Sonya Deville continue to undermine Adam Pierce's um authority it's just really amazing too because it's just like you're just I'm just wondering and just waiting for the day that Sonya actually really does just you know 
take over and I'm really you know here for it because I just really love watching women in charge um and and sort of speaking to the whole throwback thing it just sort of reminds me how when I was a kid I watched you know Stephanie McMahon you know be in charge and be the general manager of Smackdown so you can only imagine how cool it would be to see Sonya Deville be the WWE official fit like the official of both of the shows like that's just really that would be really cool to see even though I love Adam Pierce though um like I loved the addition of him, but Sonya taking over is just really interesting. And then in and then speaking of Sonya, Lily was watching her. Like the doll, the little rag doll that um Alexa Bliss has. She was watching her and I'm wondering if she's gonna try to like take over her or try to beat her up so Alexa could possibly take over her or something else is gonna happen there. Like I have no clue. And then there was the Eva Marie shock that I talked about in my um, previous episode that I released um, and how amazing and how crazy that was over the past couple of days. So there's that. Um, she's no longer Miss All Red everything because now she has pink and or purple hair. I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm a little bit of colorblind, but that's pretty much um some of the things I liked in terms of the girls but then there's one more thing I liked in terms of the girls was that Naomi and Lana were visibly angry and frustrated backstage with how they lost the um, women's tag team um championship match they had against Nia and Shayna due to interference involving Reginald um and I feel like it's kind of weird how sometimes they'll have Reginald out there but then other times they won't um but then it's just like when they do have him out there it's always to do to make some type of screw job finish and I feel like Naya and I feel like Naomi and Lana are now just getting really angry because it feels like they're constantly fighting them over and over again to no avail um but it's so hard to root for them when on Smackdown you have um Natty and Tamina trying to go for them as well so it's just kind of like which one you know which one of these girls is you know eventually going to take them out if they can take them out like it's just kind of interesting but at the same time, I do want to see more aggression from Naomi because I hadn't really seen that type of aggression from her since, you know, I want to say 2000, I want to say maybe 2014, 2015, right around the time the women's evolution was starting and she was healed. So I think this will be really interesting, you know, for her and Lana. Um, another part of Monday Night Raw that I found interesting was the fact that Shelton, Benjamin and Cedric Alexander officially broke up their tag team after they suffered yet another loss to I believe Lucha House Party and I think Cedric has all the makings to be a star on his own even though he started off as a cruiserweight and he is a former cruiserweight champion um for a while before he had joined the Hurt Business he was just kind of stuck you know in limbo but you know he's found his aggression he found his stride in the hurt business and now the hurt business is broken up and it's just so stupid that they did that but now Cedric kind of wants to strike out on his own and I'm pretty sure him and Shelton might have a match you know down the road and I hope they do because Shelton Benjamin is somebody who is still very much in his prime even though he's been in the company and been in wrestling for god knows how long like he can still do amazing things and to do that along with Cedric who is absolutely amazing I keep burping um excuse me um who keeps doing amazing things as well it's just you know the sky's the limit with that so I'm really interested in seeing that also I was happy to see Angel Garza fighting 
in a match and him actually, you know, beating up Drew Gulak. And shout out to Drew Gulak, you know, for training Brittany Blake, who was my um, last guest on my show in my first episode that I released this weekend. Like, he got beat up by by Angel Garza, but then Angel Garza stuffed a rose up his butt. And I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. But it was still good to see him fight because it's just so weird because out of the whole, you know, quasi los ingobernables that we had with him andrade and zelina angel is literally the only one left it's like it's like he's the carmella out of the whole enzo and cast thing it's just like he's the only one left and it's just like oh my god it's just so sad but here's hoping that he can continue to do more and i was really happy to see the main roster debut of mansoor from um, saudi arabia um, he used to be a fixture on all the Saudi Arabia shows, of course, when everything was normal. Um, and he would win all those matches and he would, you know, go over to the Saudi Arabian crowd. So and then I also read somewhere that he's also been on 205 Live a little bit. So now they're transitioning him to sort of show himself, you know, I guess in a feud against Sheamus. But it looks like Sheamus is feuding. is also feuding with Humberto Carrillo, who wants to prove himself, you know, for the United States Championship. So maybe it's going to be a triple threat um, at Backlash. Who knows? But I still think that's really interesting. So that's really um, everything that I loved about Raw. Um, And now I'm going to talk about what I loved on NXT. Um, I really love the Leon Ruff, Swerve Scott um, match. Um... Because it showed that Leon Ruff has a whole lot of aggression that, you know, you wouldn't assume that he would have because he's just a sweetie pie who has like the biggest smile and he's very small and stuff. But, you know, what he does, you know, in terms of his, you know, kicking and all that offense and stuff, is just really cool. And then you have Isaiah Swerve Scott, who's an amazing cruiserweight as well. You know, like this match was really good. And you can tell, you know, that this feud you know, is something serious between these two. And this isn't over because as the match kept going on and as they kept destroying each other, um, towards the end, you had interference from Swerve's crew. And then they all came out there and beat up on him, which allowed for Swerve, Swerve to get the win. So I guess, you know, we it's only safe to assume that at some point they're going to fight each other again, or maybe Leon Ruff is going to gather, you know, some of his friends so they can all fight each other. But then... Then I was also intrigued with the fact that Brianna Brandy, old girl with the gray braids, who's like super beautiful, like and stunning. She was a part of Swerve's crew too. And I'm just sitting here like, when is she gonna fight? <laughs> like, cause she's been backstage, like, and she used to pop up on Raw Underground and everything. And I was just like, when is she gonna fight? But maybe the Swerve's crew thing is actually gonna become like a factious, and then maybe they will, but I don't know. But it's still cool. Also, I enjoyed um, Cameron Grimes being ribbed by Ted DiBiase. I feel like that's one of the most amazing things to happen because it's just like Cameron Grimes is basically, you know, bragging about having all of his money and talking about, you know, how, you know, he can rent out, you know, a part of a club. But then as it turns out, Ted DiBiase, you know, it's like you don't have money until you can buy out the whole club, bro. And it's just so funny because I'm just like... You cannot out million dollar the million dollar man. You just can't. And something that I live tweeted during the show was just the fact that I can't get over how I saw him talking to Ric Flair at the Comic-Con I went to a few years ago. Um, Because I felt like I was, you know, it just just didn't feel real. Like, 
it felt like I was in a movie or like I was watching, you know, these two dudes talk to each other like they do for the Hall of Fame or something. Except I'm actually looking at the TV, but I'm not. And they're actually in front of my face. Like, what? But yeah, um, that was funny. And then another part that was really funny um, was Austin Theory, you know, being goofy and talking about how big Scarlett's nails are and how that basically led to Austin Theory, um, well, to um, carrying across the NXT champion wanting his head on a silver platter. And I'm just like, man, you must really love Scarlett to want to kill any man that tries to start some mess with her, huh? <laughs> I think it's interesting. They're such a creepy couple and I love it. Um, and it's just Karrion has his plate full with all the people who wants to fight him. Finn wants to fight him. Kyle O'Reilly wants to fight him. Pete Dunne wants to fight him. Like everybody just wants a piece of Karrion, but Karrion's going to give him, you know, what for. So I just think that's going to be cool. Um, another great part of NXT that I love was Zeta Ramir versus Saray. Um, Saray is a really, you know, solid talent in terms of, um, people that they've brought over from Japan. Um, she's really good in the ring and being able to see Zeta Ramir, who's relatively, you know, who has an indie, who has an independent, um, wrestling background and was trained at Reality of Wrestling Booker T's school, along with, um, Promise Braxton, their current Diamonds champion, who's been on the show before, um, watching her you know stand up you know and basically rise to the occasion of be of fighting Saray even though she wound up losing was still amazing to see plus not to mention I got a little emotional when that when Alicia Taylor announced Zeta Ramirez as being from um Alabama um she mentioned the city and I can't remember the city right now to save my life but when she said that she was from Alabama like just to hear that just meant the world to me because it's just like that just lets me know that there is nothing that people from there's nothing that Alabamians can't do especially black female Alabamians and the fact that we have one who made it you know you know and trained and got you know amazing and then got to NXT and now she's here it's like we get to hear Alabama all the time now because of her and then you have Kayla Braxton who's also from Alabama too and hopefully one day I'll get there and I'll be from Alabama and then we'll just be happy and just cry together. And yeah, just just know that we're on that Alabama deserves the is is we're on the run to come up, guys. And it's just beautiful. Um, It's wonderful. So after that, um, I also really enjoyed the main event, which was Team Black Moon. That's Ember and Shotzi Blackheart versus the way in Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, you know, in that street fight for the women, for the NXT women's tag team titles. And that match was absolutely stellar. Like they were treating each other like wrecking balls, running into each other, running into tables and all that other stuff. It was incredible. I suggest you go watch it. Like, please go watch it. If you get the chance. Um, I was happy. I was kind of bummed out because I love Ember and Shotzi as champions. But at the same time, I was happy that Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell were able to have that moment to win because Candice LeRae has never won a title in NXT and she's been there for so long. And that really surprised me. It's just like her husband has gotten almost all the titles, if not all of them, you know, for on the male side. But then she has never won the NXT Women's Championship. And now she's won the Tag Team Championships with Indy. And this is her first one, too. So it's just kind of like, that's amazing. 
um, for them. And then I thought that somehow or another Dexter was going to like distract her or maybe she was going to get distracted or, you know, whatever. But he didn't come out there and um, there was no distraction with them. But at the same time, their love story isn't over. And I'm totally shipping Indy and Dexter because it's just cute. And I just really I just don't need for Candace to try to keep her away from Dexter. Like, let them love each other, please, ma'am. I mean, nobody's looking down on you and your romance with your husband. Let Indy get a husband. But I know she's being the mom and over, you know, Indy Hartwell's sort of teenage girl kind of thing. But still, like, let them love each other. It's hot. Um, so, yeah, like. That was pretty much all that I enjoyed from NXT. Um, but SmackDown, though, that was fan-freaking-tastic because it was a throwback week on Fox. And so it, you know, boiled over into SmackDown. And I was wondering, you know, what they were going to do for it considering SmackDown only, you know, existed, you know, existed in, it started in 1999. So I was wondering, you know, how they're going to do this throwback thing, you know, and go back to the 80s or the 70s or whatever. But... But it felt really 80s, though, in some places. But then, of course, they did. They showed a lot of great moments like the big show and um, Brock Lesnar breaking the ring. Um, and then they showed um, Eddie Guerrero and Vince McMahon and a low rider. R.I.P. Eddie. Um, and then they also showed Edge and that guy formerly known as Hulk Hogan winning the tag titles and how he was living his dream and all the other stuff. And, you know, just and then. On top of that, you know, once the show started, you had um, Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, come out with Paul Hammond and Jay Uso. And all of a sudden, you hear the Uso music go off, and then you see Jimmy. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's Jimmy! Like, I freaked out because I miss Jimmy so much, and I miss the Jimmy and Jay connection that they have, you know, as brothers and everything, and as a tag team. I've missed them so much. So I was so glad to see him come back and be, you know, who he is and everything. And to see throughout the entire show, the the progression of the feud within the family that they've got going on, is just absolutely stellar. It's like Jimmy has been gone all this time and he's had to watch his brother, you know, sort of um, pussyfoot behind. <laughs> I don't mean to say it like that, but pussyfoot behind Roman Reigns over and over again. And he's sort of tired of it because they were their own men and Jimmy is his own man. And he's basically saying, you know, I'm not about to be, you know, your little lap dog. You know, he essentially said, you know, I'm not going to be your little B word. You know, that's not me. But over the course of the show, you can see Jay and Roman sort of trying to tell him, you know, it's easier if you just do it this way, because if he's not on your side, then you're going to have a bad time. I mean, that's really not what he said, but that's pretty much what he said. And you can see that anytime Jay Uso would get attacked by any other wrestler like Cesaro or whatever, it's just like you can see the fight in Jimmy Uso's face. Like, like he wants to defend Uso, defend Jay, but then he really doesn't want to defend Jay because Jay has made this choice to be the lapdog of Roman and he's nobody's lapdog, but he loves his brother. So it's just so hard, but they're acting so well. And then one of the greatest parts about it was just watching Naomi react to everything on Twitter. She actually tweeted, you know, and actually said, you know, beat his behind and come home, baby. And I'm just like, girl, I love y'all. <laughs> I love their marriage. Like, I just, I love it when people on Twitter who are, you know, married to other wrestlers could just be thirsty 
um, with their marriage thirst. And it's just so cool. Like, that's the type of thirst that I aspire to. Y'all pray for me. Pray, pray that one day I'll, you know, get married and have those moments. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it, it's just, it was just, throughout the whole show, it was just really good to see, you know, them throughout do do all of that drama. And it was just weaved in and out of the show. Plus, I really loved how... Teddy Long came back and I just wasn't expecting it and they and then he made like a 10-man tag team match and all of that and I was just really happy to see him and shout out to him for actually coming on my show um a couple months ago because he really doesn't do podcast interviews all that much due to some stuff that happened in the past but the idea that he actually came on my show you know just blows my mind to this day and just watching him on TV you know just sort of proves like it it just sort of made me feel like man like I really did talk to him like oh my god like it's amazing um and then to see him backstage dancing you know teaching Sami Zayn the Teddy Long dance along with Sonya like that was really cute like watching Sonya Deville dance it's just like a pretty funny thing so and then he tried to book Sami Zayn in a match against the Undertaker and I'm just like oh you're so precious oh my god I can't um Teddy Long is a vibe. He is an eternal vibe. And I'm so proud that he and I are from the same city. So that's just really cool. And I loved everybody's retro outfits. Like Kayla had on, you know, a little bit of her little cute outfit and said she looked like Hillary Banks from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which she wasn't lying because she had those curls in her hair and everything. She was looking all cute and with them boots and stuff. And then you had Michael Cole and Pat, you know, dressed up, you know, in their commentator clothes, kind of like they used to, you know, in the in the I want to say in the 90s or in the early like in the late 80s early 90s like that was really cute and then they had those microphone covers that had wwe with the retro letters and then it came on and then smackdown came on in the retro way that it used to with the you know current slogan and i was just like oh my god i love stuff like this like i am a sucker for nostalgia like i just love stuff like that i enjoyed it and they had the cgi fist you know and i know a lot of people were really gunning for them to make smackdown look like it did when it was on upn shout out to upn i miss it um and it's just like even if they didn't do it maybe they weren't able to you know get the manpower to physically take everything down in the thunderdome screens and everything just to put it up but at least they tried (laughs) with the cgi fit so i still thought that was cool and I also want to give a shout out to UPN too, because as I've been rewatching the Parkers, it's like since the Parkers and WWE SmackDown were on the same channel, um, there were a lot of references they made to SmackDown within the Parkers show. Um, and it was just like, man, like wrestling was really that thing back there, like in the 90s and the 2000s and everything. Like they were on the same network, so they made references to each other in this amazing black show. And I'm just like, yes. So, yeah, I miss UPN. Um, <laughs> making SmackDown references and everything. It's just so cool. Um, and then they also show commercials for Ico Pro and the old WWE ice cream bars. They had a commercial with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and he ate the ice cream bar and it made a crunch sound. And I was like, whoa, it, it used to crunch. And dad was like, yeah, it had a cookie inside. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, like that's just stuff like that that I find fascinating. And then now they have the ice cream bars, but they're like ice cream sandwiches, but they're still really good though. Like I definitely recommend you try those ice cream bars. But you have to look up what stores they're in because they're not in every store. Like, you're not going to find them at Walmart. Here in Alabama, they're in Publix. But yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but just to hear the ice cream bar crunch and then um to know what ICO Pro is even now it's just kind of like man like daddy was explaining to me you know what ICO Pro was and I was just like why does it feel like everything Vince McMahon does outside of wrestling just just if it's not a movie or something it just winds up failing somehow like god dang it like Vince why but it's it's okay it's okay um at least he can live his life saying that he tried some people just don't try so that was really cool um I love that Cesaro now has a chance to fight for the universal title even though I feel like there's going to be some shenanigans you know thrown in there but I'm just really happy that Cesaro's going to have his chance at a giant title like that because he's never had an opportunity and I wish you know he would win it but with Roman Reigns being as Roman Reignsy as he's being lately I just don't think it's gonna happen but I really would love if Cesaro could win but you just never know I'm just glad he's getting the opportunity um and then another thing that I liked about Smackdown was um Bailey you know in her new hairstyle which I think it's really cute with the crinkles and stuff it's kind of wild but it's still cute and then um she came out to throw shade to give praise and throw shade at the women's champions of the past like Alundra Blaze and Jacqueline and Trish Stratus and Lita who she called her heroes but she basically said that they weren't as good as champions as she was and then she mentioned Bianca Belair you know dead last or whatever and proceeded to call her insecure and you know and making it seem like you know I'm just gonna use all those insecurities to beat you at backlash because I'm the better champion but Bianca Belair came out in her shining outfit and everything and basically said, you know, I have confidence, you know, and I am not insecure because I know I'm the EST and I'm going to beat you up. And so Bailey just starts laughing at her like she just keeps taking her as a joke and it irritates me. I'm just like, I'm going to need for you to stop laughing at her like she's funny because Bianca is funny, but she's not that funny in terms of you undermining her and stuff like that like stop laughing at her like she won't beat your behind and then it was funny because when Bianca was cutting her promo she said that she's living her best life you know I was just like yes (laughs) like everything about Bianca Miller just makes me feel so seen um but then um she and then Bianca proceeded to beat her up you know after Bailey tried to attack her but then Bailey got the best of her and then stepped on her braid and then also not only just stepped on her braid and stomped on her face she tried to yank her by her earring and I'm like no is Bailey trying to act like Randy Orton did with Jeff Hardy and his ear gauge because you don't snatch those big earrings out of a woman's ears because that's damage um that was making me scared but you know I'm looking forward to watching them fight again because we know Bianca Belair is going to tear it up per usual and retain her title. So it's going to be cool. So that's pretty much everything I liked about wrestling this week. And I hope you enjoyed this little throwback section where I know I kind of ran through three shows all at once. But I'm not going to keep doing that. But I just wanted to do that for the sake of trying something different. So that's the end of this segment. And now we're going to go to our interview um, with The Woad. is known as the one-eyed, thick-thighed weapon of all destruction, otherwise known as the world. How are you, ma'am? 
I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. So I'm going to start off my interview by asking um, the question I ask all of my guests is when did you fall in love with wrestling? Uh, well, I've been watching wrestling. I can say, uh, uh, I think ever since I was three years old, there, I cannot remember a time when I when I wasn't watching wrestling. My grandma used to watch it. Uh, it was right here in Atlanta. WCW, they used to run their shows. So mm-hmm. I've always been a fan. I've always loved it. And uh, yeah, ever, ever since I was three, ever since I saw Macho Man Randy Savage jump off and give his famous elbow drop, that got me hooked. That's like my first memory of wrestling. Oh, that's cool. Um, something like that, it's so funny you mentioned your grandmother and how she sort of started you to watching it. I have this theory in the back of my mind that deep down inside when it comes to wrestling fandom, it's like black families have a tendency to start something off that sort of, that either tends to cut off or keep going down different generations. So I really feel like somehow or another that should be talked about a little bit more but then again I'm not sure if every if every black person or every black wrestling fan has had that experience or not but I feel like that's the thing that should be explored a little bit more well that's I think that's definitely something that can be taken in consideration because you know our grandparents you know they were around with the Hulk Hogan's the Andre the Giants that's who they watch so I'm pretty sure it definitely has has an influence on on uh future generations for sure yeah definitely and it's just like when my grandma like she saw Ric Flair at the Batwell here in Birmingham Alabama and Pat Patterson and all them and then it's just like she exposed my father to it and then my father exposed me and my sister to it so it's just kind of a family affair type of thing and it's just really cool so um when did you decide that you wanted to pursue it as a career um I can say when I was uh 15 years old that's when I mean I've always loved wrestling and I've always uh felt a connection to it I always felt that I was meant to be a part of it and you know growing up when I was younger I was like oh yeah I wanted to be a wrestler my parents thought it was funny because you know even half blind, they're like, oh, well, okay, yeah, sure. You're a straight A student, but yeah, go get in the ring and let people knock you upside your head for a living, definitely. <laughs> but um, when I was 15 years old, that was when I, when it was solidified. I knew that was what I wanted to do. I knew that was something that I should make a part of my life. And that's something I feel that I was meant to be and something I feel like I can make a change in. So yeah, and ever since, ever since then, that has always been my dream. You know, it's funny you mentioned how your parents were just kind of like, oh, you're making straight A's, but go ahead, you know, be a wrestler and everything. I feel like maybe a lot of people kind of had those conversations like with their parents, like, oh, I'm gonna be a wrestler. They're kind of like, huh? Because that's not the average thing that you hear people say. Like you hear people say, it definitely oh, is not. I'm gonna be a doctor or I'm gonna be a lawyer or, um, or different other things like that. Or I'm gonna be like yeah. a dentist or a model or something, but they don't ever, you never think wrestling wrestling is gonna come out of your child's mouth. <laughs> so yeah, were they supportive of you in that? Um, not at all. No. Um, not at all. Like negative zero, you know? And uh, it, it really kind of bummed me out because you know, it's your parents and you know, you want them to see that this is your life and this is your choice. And you want them to know that, you know, that they support what you do, even if they, don't agree with it and I did not get that from my parents my friends or my family um now now I do and that's all that that's what really makes me happy because you know I I could sit around I can 
you know, still think about the times when my dad wouldn't talk to me because I chose to, you know, not go off to college, not go to school, but become a wrestler. You know, he stopped speaking with me. He made me stop speaking with my siblings. And it was really rough because coming from a large family, that was like the first time I really felt alone. And I told myself, well, you know, if I gotta be alone to make this dream happen, well, that's what I'm gonna do. And that's a good thing that you persevered, you know, even through those hard times. So I can't even, I can't even imagine being cut off from your family like that. But, you know, at least now they really do support you in that now. Because I I think that sometimes people don't, it's like they don't support you maybe because they don't understand it. But then it's like once they see that you're flourishing at it, they tend to turn around and look and see that it's making you happy. So I'm glad that they are supporting you now. Um, even though it started off kind of rough in the past. Um, So how did you pursue your training when you decided to go all in on it? Well, see, um, growing up, I just watched, you know, what was on TV, WCW, WWF, Uh, you know, Monday Nitro, all that. So I wasn't aware of the independent scene here in Georgia. And I just started looking up wrestling schools in Georgia. And there was a local school here right in Atlanta uh, that was owned by, um, I think, Curtis Hughes. And I went there and I was very disappointed because it wasn't what I thought it would be. It felt like they didn't take me seriously as well because, well, Honestly, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it because I was a black woman and Mm -hmm. I felt that they didn't see much success in me. You know, I'm I'm just gonna call it like it is, you know? Yeah, and you know, I felt that they were putting more time and effort into other students and not me. And you know, I I met my real trainer, uh, Jay Fury up there and he told me, he said, you know, if you really wanna train, if you really wanna become a wrestler, then come to PCW and I left, that school and I went to Platinum Championship Wrestling and I've been, I trained there, you know, developed my character work, uh, find out what works best for me, find out, you know, I found out what what works best, uh, what 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 techniques I could use to make make myself better. And um, after that, I started training and wrestling on the road. And then I went to other training schools around Georgia and, you know, Right now, I train at uh, I train with Nick Patrick up at um, at Deep South Wrestling, and that's where I've been for for a few months now, and I love it. And it's it's a great place to basically perfect your craft. It's a great way to make yourself better. It's a great way to really get yourself the way you want yourself to be in this business. Okay, so it looks like you got a lot of you got a, like a diverse amount of training, even though you started off at a school that didn't necessarily value you as a student. Um, because you are a black woman and it is okay for you to say that here on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. You are in a safe space. Um, We're both black women. I get it. Um, So I am kind of, I'm disappointed in the idea that they didn't see any value in you at first, but I'm glad that you continued to persevere through that and then find a place where you did feel safe and where you were taken seriously as a student. Um, like, yeah. you know, the way I look at it, you know, I mean, for years, you know, wrestling has been, you know, a, a white man's game for mm-hmm. years since the beginning of the time. You know, we it may make some people uncomfortable to hear that, but that's the truth. Right. And me being a curvy black woman wrestling in the South, you know, it has not been pretty. It still hasn't been pretty. Um, you know, they, I feel to this day that, uh, 
Southern wrestling still hasn't really accepted black women. I still feel that they uh, they still, they're not used to how we work. They're not sure how to use us. And that's sad to say because, you know, if you, it's like this business is big enough for everybody. And you're telling me that you don't know how to use me simply based on my skin color. Like, does it, is, does that really throw you much of a loop that, wow, just because this person is a different skin tone, oh my goodness, I don't know how to book them. Like, or you could just be a booker and, you know, book you know <laughs> yeah but um yeah I feel definitely the south um is definitely still has some things to work on like even now you know if you look at southern wrestling I'm talking about states like you know Georgia Alabama Tennessee you don't see that many black women you don't no. um there are definitely there are definitely some but it's not you know it's not as many and I feel like we just we have to work three times as hard just to even prove ourselves because I feel that for the longest, Black women have been used as talent and enhancement. You know, it's always to make the other girl look good. It's always to make, you know, the, the other girl that's that's lesser experienced. Oh, but she looks cute in these shorts or, or you know, this, that, and the third. We want you to make her look good so she can be our champion. But, you know, you know, and, I, and I've had my share of that. And instead of me getting angry and upset about it, you know, it just made me work harder. It made me see that, you know, this this business it still has some work. It still has some things that it needs to work on. So. Yes, definitely. And hopefully they can continue to evolve with how we see Black women, because definitely we're all not the same. We're not monolithic. So it shouldn't necessarily be as hard to book us now in the 21st century because it's 2021 and we're all not the same. And we are right when it comes to southern wrestling you know the more i'm learning about independent you know there is um there really only are so many of us but i figure the further and the harder we work and the more we prove ourselves and the more doors that will open in terms of you know this is just me sort of being positive and sort of manifesting that energy it's just the more we put ourselves out there and the more harder we work then the more positions that we will have to be on top so I'm definitely glad you're speaking today um and you kind of I was actually going to ask you more about that a little bit later on but we can talk about it a little bit more if you like so I'm going to ask you another question um how were you able to navigate training um to become a wrestler um although you are half blind um it's Definitely not easy, you know? My whole left side is gone, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have to find a way to not just even stand, but a, a way to position myself to where I'm able to see on my left side and on my right side, which is using my right eye. You know, it's it's definitely, um, it's definitely not been easy, uh, especially, you know, trying to find my placement in the ring, working on myself, trying to execute my moves better. Uh, but I don't know, I guess I, I just roll with the punches. Like I said, this is just, I always felt that this was something that I was meant to do. And, you know, this, you know, you're, you're wanting to accomplish your dream will never be easy. It just won't, it, it will, it, obstacles will be thrown at you left and right. Some of the hardest things you've ever had to do. Because me personally, just coming out and telling the wrestling world that I am half blind, you know, the first half blind female wrestler, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's uh, physical, 
emotional, mental, it really is. But what I've learned is the fact that I have nothing to prove to anyone but myself. Every time I step in that ring, every time I go toe to toe with my opponent, um, I just try to be better than what I was last time. I try to have a better match than what I had last time. I try to be uh, bigger. I, I want to be bigger than, than, than ever before. So I feel that, you know, Instead of me just whining and feeling sorry for myself, I could, you know, go out and make history and kick some ass with my ass. <laughs> right. And I've actually watched a couple of your clips and everything where it seems like you sort of describe yourself as a wrecking ball. And yeah, when you're I a wrecking you, ball. Yeah. And when yeah. I see you, you know, in those videos, you know, smashing your opponents, you know, with your body, it's just like, yeah, that's cool. Because <laughs> you rarely if ever see that in women. You know, yeah. so it's just like, so to see you doing that, you know, even persevering through, um, even with your half blindness, it's just amazing and it's an inspiration. Plus, I thank really you. love your eye patches too. Oh, like, thank you. They're so cute. Like, I love them. It's, you just look like an amazing, pretty pirate. It's amazing. <laughs> um. <laughs> thank you. I mean, you know what? We gonna add style with it. You know, we always gotta add style with what we do. That's just us. Like, right. I'm going. I'm not gonna sit here and just feel, oh, what was me? I'm not gonna feel sorry for myself. Oh no. See, the first thing you gonna notice is the eye patch. I guarantee. You. Yes. That's, that's the first thing you gonna notice. And uh, you know, the fact that you know I, I get to wear this, it makes me stand out so much, and I love it. I, I really do. And I tell people, you know, the only thing that's fake about me is my glass eye. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, and and it's great that, you know, people always tell me, you know, it's, um, one of my wrestling friends, Theo, he told me, he said, it's not about what you see, it's about what you don't see when you look at the world. You know, coming out, you see curvy girl, big booty, you eye patch, and that eye patch gets you, because it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's different. But, you know, once you see what I'm about, once you see me throw these buns of steel, once you see that whiplash from my opponent, you'll get like, oh, wow, she really truly is the weapon of ass destruction. <laughs> right. All right. So um, do you still find time to practice your craft, you know, even in the midst of the hustle and bustle of the independent scene? Because I know- Always, I have to. I, I yes. stay trained. This, uh, this is something one of my trainers told me and something that I will always take to the heart. You can't be the best if you're just learning a specific training from one person. You know, in order to be the best, you got to venture out. You got to train here. You got to train there. You got to train with this person. And that way you can take things, you can take tips and advice and from everybody and put it in into what, you know, what makes what makes it best for you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I want to train with as many people as possible. I want to travel to all the different schools. Um, yeah, because I can't like I'm the world. I'm making history. So. In order for me to make history, in order for me to set the bar high as hell, in order for me to set the standard for people like me, you know, I can't just learn from one person. I gotta learn from everybody. I'm never too I'm never too proud to learn. Never. I'm always humble. Um, if there's, you know, I ask for advice, um, and you know, I just want to make myself better. Okay, so have you trained all over the country? I'm trying to. I'm definitely trying to. Uh, I, I just this past uh, weekend, I trained. Uh, I trained up in uh, Texas with Thunder Rosa and Holiday at the Dog Pound. So like that was that was great. That was so much fun. Um, and despite all the storms and all the bad weather, you know, we we went in. 
like like <laughs> like I always do because you have to you have to and not just for yourself but for the other students that are there too so they can see how it's done right and shout out to Thunder Rosa because she's actually been on my show before and she was absolutely amazing um and just everything that she's doing not only in her own career but also um for the career of others with Mission Pro Wrestling is just absolutely amazing and persevering through all the storms because Lord the South and our weather god <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it was bad it was Ooh, bad part of it <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how has the culture of independent wrestling, you know, treated you, you know, through your evolution as a star? Well, evolution as a star. I don't think I'm a star yet. I'm trying. Um, well, uh, it definitely has its up and downs. Definitely. Like, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to, you know, crap on people or, you know, try to get sympathy or try to feel sorry for myself. I think that everything I've ever experienced, everything I've ever gone through, uh, basically molded me into the person that I am now. Um, I feel that I'm evolving, but I feel that the world is my final evolutionary stage. This is who I meant to be. It feels right. It feels, it feels like it's my own. And that's what I want to bring into the wrestling world. Wherever I go, I want to be brought in simply as the world. It's not like, oh, we just want another talent. No, I'm not trying to be something that they need. I want to be something that they've never seen before. Okay. So do you also have a fan base as well? Like, are you building a strong fan base? Oh, so, I mean, I have, apparently I have fans in France, I have fans in uh, all over the world. And it's shocking because, you know, I I still feel like I have so much more work, work to do. And I know I do because I never want to stop you know, stop making changes for myself. I never want to stop building myself up. I always want to continue building, uh, trying to go on to the next step of what more can I do? Uh, how can I get the world to know who the world is? So the fact that I have people all around the country looking at me, it's 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 great and it's humbling at the same time because it only makes me want to be better. You know, I kind of noticed a little bit that you that you have a great following because when I posted that I was going to have you on my show earlier on Twitter and Instagram, it was so many good, so many good things that people either said or retweeted. And I was just like, yay, <laughs> this is I'm so great. glad. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like me too. I was just so glad. Um, so as you know, there's been this pandemic, this panorama, this Panasonic that's been affecting everyone so how has it affected you know your career um and how have you been able to sort of pivot through that well it definitely put a lot of things on hold for me um great opportunities but i just look at it as okay hey it just wasn't my time you know i can't sit here and dwell on things it didn't happen it didn't happen but you know what that it also gave me time to really ask myself this if this was what I really truly wanted to do. And, you know, with all the surgeries that I've had, with all the ob obstacles that I've gone through, um, this pandemic, it really, really, really let me see that I was on the right path. Like I know a lot of people think that, oh, hey, this this was probably one of the worst things that ever happened to us. Yes, it has. But in my opinion, I feel like it's also 
one of the best things that happened. It, 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 it gave the world a reset button. And it gave me time to think, you know, okay, if you want out, well, here's your chance to be out. Here's your chance to fade away. Here's your chance to go do whatever it is, what you want. But if you want to stick to this, then you have to come at it full ass pun intended like you gotta go all in if this is something that you truly want to do and it is so it just honestly I just train I work out more and you know I just want to make myself better and you know wrestling recently getting back in the ring um I 100% have no doubt in my mind that this is where I'm meant to be that's good because a lot of people you know have been struggling you know finding their footing and sort of taking this time to sort of question you know are they in the right place in their life like am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing here on this earth and it's making so many people you know come have like a come to Jesus moment with themselves um but it's good to hear that you've been able to sort of pivot you know and so many of my guests you know since I've started the show have talked about how they've been able to sort of pivot through this hard and sort of difficult time. Um, so I'm glad that you're also one of them as well. So kudos you. to you with that. Um, so you did kind of allude to this earlier in the interview, but do you have, um, I know I wanted to ask you if you believe it was harder for women of color or specifically black women um, to pursue wrestling and why do you think that is? And how, oh, definitely. And definitely. how can it be helped, you know, in and how can it, you know, get better? Honestly, yes. Um, um, like I said, I, even though times are changing, I, I'm grateful that times are changing. Yeah, we just had a, a two black women main event WrestleMania. I, I'm grateful to be a part of that. Uh, and the thing, but the thing is, with me, is like, okay, what's next? Okay, instead of having our, our own, you know, main event, which is great, how come we can't? just be a part of the first ever women's main event why is it that we always have to have our our thing and don't get me wrong having our thing is great but you know it shouldn't just be our thing we should be included in everything like there are some um there are promotions here that you know in the south that barely uses black women you know that's sad to say because i like i said it, it's it's definitely progression but it's slow ass progress and you know as much as i'll take you know slow progress over no progress at all but yeah i think definitely we need more not just black female wrestlers but black female announcers black female commentators black female bookers black female refs like we need it all because if we don't hype ourselves up no one will they just or it, at least it'd be harder because you know we're all trying to claw and we're all trying to get to where we're supposed to be or where we want to be and yet this business is just telling us okay well you're going to be the last we're going to get everybody else but you're going to be last and it's like no this business is big enough for everybody and we need to show that hey just because you know you're a black female wrestler you don't have to act all hood and ghetto you don't have to talk about your hair if that's what you want to do that's fine but you don't have to be the stereotype you know people look at me and it's like wow you know, yeah, of course, I know you're gonna stare at my behind, but you know what else you're gonna do? You know what else you're gonna do? You also talk about it when I knock somebody the hell out. <laughs> so yeah, okay. You wanna say how big my butt is, but you know what these monsters still can do? These monsters still can withstand the hit of a steel chair. So yeah, so trust me, 
definitely we need more, more black women in every aspect uh, of wrestling, not just in wrestling, but in this business. I feel like the more that we show that, hey, we're not all the same, or hey, we don't have this one game, or hey, we don't need to be the token black girl, I think that we can definitely, definitely, definitely help future generations. You know, all of that is really good that you said that because I was just talking on my last episode about how I feel that there should be more women um, as a whole, but also definitely black women um, behind the scenes outside of also just being announcers, being commentators and being, you know, writers of stories and stuff like that, because sometimes I find that in wrestling with most of the writers sometimes and most of the people behind the scenes being men is that they sort of show women from only one perspective or from the male gaze as opposed to from the female gaze and I feel like all around that needs to happen there there needs to be you know a shift of women being in these positions so there can be more diversity in how women are perceived um not only in the independence but definitely in the mainstream as well and then you mentioned um the main event of WrestleMania, which was Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. I loved it very much and I was very proud of those girls. However, I loved how you mentioned that you wish that they were just in the main event, the very first female main event. I felt that way too, because a part of me felt that Sasha and also Becky and Charlotte should have been the main event of the WrestleMania in Texas. Um, because the main event that they did have, which was Triple H and Roman Reigns, wasn't it didn't wasn't up to par with that match at all, in my opinion. And if they were going to have a main event, you know, then that one should have been it. And if they were going to have the first women's main event, you know, they it really could have had you know more diversity in it as opposed to just you know Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda. As much as I love those three, you know, deep in my heart, you know there is a there is a little bit of a slow progress when it comes to black women in those you know positions and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's something I've sort of been holding back in my mind but I don't really talk that much about but I never really like said it out loud and I'm glad that you brought that up yeah because it's like you know people they it makes them uncomfortable to talk about i'm like good it, it should make you uncomfortable because you know it's the truth and the truth is uncomfortable like somebody um like i posted a clip on my social media after the main event and i was and uh you know someone co- commented they was like oh it's, it's not about color you know it's about the fact that WWE, these were the only two girls that could live up to that. I'm like, no, 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 no it's not. Right. There's plenty of, of black women back in the day. You telling me Jazz couldn't pull that off? You telling right. me Jazz cannot pull up, pull, pull off a, a main event WrestleMania? You gonna sit there? No. Oh, are you kidding me? You tell me Awesome Kong? You, you really gonna sit there and tell me Naomi couldn't couldn't have done that? Like, no, no. And then you, you know, they may not like they may not like to hear it, but yeah, a lot. I truly feel that wrestling has missed out on a lot of those Sasha Bank, uh, Bianca Belair main events simply because they didn't believe in black women. Right. You know, and it's like, you can't, you can't, you know, we can wear our hair any, any way that we want, but you know, we're black. We will always have our melanin. That will always show. And I feel that, you know, black women, you can't make them look anything other than them being black. You know, we, we, we don't have, you know, we don't have blue eyes. I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying, but it's like, it's, you cannot not make a black woman not look black. And I feel that, 
you know, if if you if you are solely based on trying to make a person or a woman not look a specific way because you don't have faith in her or you don't feel that she can pull off uh, or, or if you simply just don't know how to book her simply based on the color of her skin, then that kind of says a lot about you as not just as a person, but as a booker. Because, you know, equal opportunity is exactly what it means, equal opportunity. It doesn't mean, oh, hey, let's give this person this opportunity because, you know, she doesn't look black or, you know, equal, equal opportunity is giving everybody the equal opportunity. It's for the black girls, for the white girls, for the Mexican girls, for the trans girls, it's for everybody. Right. And I feel that, you know, wrestling missed out a lot of that, of those type matches simply because, you know, they they didn't either want to push a black woman or they, they, don't, they didn't have faith in black women. But either way, you know, it's like, we've always shown that we can bring it. We've always shown that. Um, and, it's just now, like I said, I'll take slow progress over no progress at all. But you know, I, I want all of it. I want everything. I want I want black women to really, really, you know, leave their mark in this wrestling business. No more as talent enhancers. No more as jobbers. No more as no more as making this girl look good just because she's cute. Like no, if you are the best then your color, this color of your skin shouldn't matter. Right. And even, yeah. And even if the color of your skin doesn't matter, if you see the color of my skin, that shouldn't, that shouldn't make it seem like, oh, well, she did this because she's black. No, like, no, well, let, like, see my color and see my heritage and respect my heritage, but just know that that's a motivation for me to be who I am. So I really appreciate you, you know, speaking more about that, more about your experience as a black woman in that. So um, how it, how important is it to also um, represent for full figured women in wrestling? Oh, oh, you know, we got, we gotta, we got, I have to, I have to do it for the big girls, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's crazy because I wasn't always like this. I always felt that, you know, Back then, when I started out, I was—I felt that if I lost a few pounds, or if I looked more like this girl, or if I was smaller, then you know I, I would get booked more, and you know that—that that would be what they want of me. But it's—it's it's not about trying to be what it is that they want you to be. It's what right. works for you. It's—and I told myself, you know what? No more. I, I'm not a small girl, and I will never be a small girl and I love that. And that's no shade to the small, small girls. But you know, it's it's about loving and accepting yourself for who you are. And growing up, you know, I used to watch Rikishi, of course. I I love Rikishi. And I, I, you know, I would see how he would use his body as a weapon. I'm like, why can't I do that? You know, when I started in wrestling, I was so insecure about my my rear end. Like I would always try to cover it up in my match, and the fans would see that and they would point that out, and it would make you feel even more nervous. Until somebody told me they was like, you know what? Use that. Mm-hmm. Use them bonds of steel. You use that ass. Knock 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 your opponent out. 
you know, it's it's there. Might as well. They're going to talk about it anyway. Might as well give them something to talk about. So I told myself, you know, as long as I am healthy and as long as I, I, I'm at peace with myself, you know, I, I love my body. And, 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 it, and it took me a minute to get to where I am. But now, like, that's all I, I want to push out until anybody that, you know, that's insecure about how they look or feel that they have to look a certain way. No, the hell you do not be you, you. Because you know why? There is only one of you. I'm pretty sure there are millions of muscle jack dudes or, you know, small girls, but there's only one of you. And if you got a full figure body, use that. That your body can be your most dangerous weapon. And being the world, like that's something I really want to push, especially for, especially for black women because you know you know look we've always people looked at us as being the the vixen the sexual the you know the one that dances in the music videos it's all about twerking it's like nah 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 you may you may look at this behind but this behind will knock people out and it has so and i just want to show and push that that your body can be your most dangerous weapon Right. And I love all of that. Like all of that makes me feel good because I'm sort of, you know, on that journey of trying to embrace my body as it is now, because I used to not be as thick as I am. You can't tell now, but I'm not, you know, I was a little bit smaller in high school, but then it's like I went to college and then stress happened and then eating happened. And then I just basically get started gaining weight. And it's just now I'm sort of, you know, on this journey of, ex of basically accepting my body for what it is and for how it is and knowing that it's still beautiful, you know, even though, you know, sometimes at times you sort of beat yourself up for not looking how you used to look. But it's just like now I'm trying to embrace the fact that I'm still, you know, very much beautiful, even though even though I have changed. So I love that about you. That makes me feel so glad that you Thank do you. stuff like that. It reminds me of it reminds me of Monique in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, that was that was amazing. That was a cool era. Um, so who has been some of your favorite opponents and who are some opponents that you would love to face in the future? Okay, now as far as me facing, uh, honestly, anybody, like anybody, anybody. I'll take on men, women, it, it doesn't matter. Anybody can get these buns of steel. Like you think you can go toe to toe with the wall? Okay, fine, show me what you got. Just don't get mad at me when you get a concussion because that's what I do. That's what something, that's something that is guaranteed. You will see bright lights. Um, as far as my favorite opponents, honestly, oh, gosh. gosh, there's so many, there's so many. I love, um, honestly, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Genocide has been some of my favorite matches uh, to date. Uh, it's always great to go against someone that's so much more bigger than you, and she's such a, a, a challenge. You know, you gotta get the, the monster down. Uh, you gotta make sure that this woman does not wipe you out because, you know, it's in the name, genocide. And then you got genocide coming your way, that's coming to wipe you out. So going toe to toe with her, like, it's, it's just great. I love, you know, wrestling her. She's such a challenge and she always brings it. And and, and I always have to be on my, on, on my P's and Q's with her. Um, gosh, uh, my match against, uh, 
Honestly, I gotta say Alejandra Lyon, even though she didn't get the W, that girl is gonna be great. And you know, she she definitely has all the makings to be a star. And I love my Mission Pro match with her. She really, really brought it. It is just, you know, it just wasn't enough to take down the world. But yeah, I, I love, love wrestling with her. And I would love to have an, another match with her again. Um, I really wanted to have a match. Um, I really want to have a match. Um, hopefully, if she ever returns back to wrestling uh, with Faye Jackson, I would love to have that one-on-one -on -one match with her, something that's never happened before. And yeah, I'm just sad that it's, it's, it's never happened, but it's hopefully something to look forward to if she, if she returns. I hope she does, because I, I don't think anybody can stay away from wrestling too long. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Wrestling is kind of like a like a drug that way. It's just like not like not promoting not promoting drugs or anything, but it's just like it's kind of like a drug. It's like one minute you say you stop, and then the next minute it hooks you right back in. You know, you're like I retired, and you may be gone for like maybe a, a year or two or three, maybe at the most. Yeah. Then you wind up popping right back up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so. Do you have any like aspirations to um, become a wrestler in the mainstream, like a WWE or AEW or Impact? Oh, definitely. You know, whatever company wants to make history by having a first half blonde female wrestler, they know where to call me. They know where to hit me up. Um, and me personally, I um, I want the world to be a worldwide name. I want it to be as big as The Rock. You know, and I know that's high aspirations, but heck. If I don't set it for myself, who will? Yeah, right. and heck, I, I even want to be bigger than that. So yeah, I, I want the world to be a worldwide global phenomenon. I want to have stadiums filled with fans chanting and screaming, whoa, 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 like that is what I want. I want to leave my mark in this wrestling business unlike anybody has ever had, uh, ever had before or ever will. Like that's really what my goal is and to inspire more people like me. Like if you're visually impaired or uh, if, if you if you're blind or half blind, um, just never give up on your dream. Or if there's anything like if you if you lost a limb, if you lost an arm, just never give up on your dream because, you know, this this is your life. Can't nobody tell you how to live it. Uh, you know, I've been told no countless countless times but you know I, I i pushed myself even even harder because i know that this was something that i was meant to do and nobody can tell me no and i told myself there is only two ways um i won't succeed the first one is if i were to go completely blind that's the only way i, I won't succeed in wrestling if i were to go completely blind the other way is if i stop and i know i'm not gonna stop so like, I, I'm a, a thousand percent sure that I will succeed in everything I put my mind to. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's not even, it's not even about, you know, if now, it's about when. And until that happens, I'll sit and I, and I will cheer my friends on, I'll cheer uh, other wrestlers on, but yeah. I'm just, I'm sitting here, I'm just waiting patiently. You know what they say, they save the best for last. So I'll sit and wait. All right. So, um, who are your top five? This is more of a fun question. Um, who are your top five wrestlers, male, female, or non-binary? Now? Um, now or in the past, you know, or a mixture of all of it, you know, just 
you know. Um, it's Stone Cold, uh, The Rock, uh, Booker T, uh, Jazz, and Rikishi. Okay, that's pretty solid. So how excited for you are, um, how excited are you for next weekend? We have the Belladonna Division events, Genesis coming up. So how pumped are you? I know I'm pumped for it because I'm working it, you know, as a commentator for the very first time. But how pumped are you? Uh, well, I'm kind of excited and kind of upset about it because I feel that I should should have been the Belladonna Division champ a long time ago. But now they want to have this tournament and that's fine. Okay, it, it'll just give me more opponents to knock down. It'll give me more faces to misshape. It'll give me more bones to break. So that's on that's on the Belladonna division because I could I should have easily been made champion by now. But if they want to go ahead and have this tournament, I'll play along. I'll happily play along. Even though they've yet to release my opponent, which is all fine and dandy. Um, yeah, whoever whoever chooses to get in the ring with the world, uh, just don't take this ass woman personally. Like I said, it's, it's what I do best. So yeah, do not take this Bonza Steel beat down to heart. Well, we definitely cannot wait to see that beat down and whoever is going to be taking it next Saturday um, at the Gaston Mall. Please get your tickets, guys. Um, it's going to be cool. So um, what does the future hold for the world? Everything. Everything and anything. That's probably the shortest answer I've gotten to that question, but I love it though. <laughs> well, thank you, ma'am, for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So if you um want to take this time to put yourself over and tell people where you can where they can find you and follow you. Yes, I'm very active on social media. Uh, especially Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to get into TikTok more, but it's mostly just me posting uh, dog videos of all the dogs that I've acquired. But yes, I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm also on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, like page. Uh, just type in the search bar, The World, and you'll see me. Um, and if you also want to get some merch, you can get this on Pro, you can get this on Fully Gimmick. And I also have the face mask. Uh, it's on luchawear.art. If you want to get face masks and t-shirts, because we all got to wear face masks. I'm also on prowrestlingtees.com slash the world. And I'm also on YouTube, too, if you want to look up some of my matches. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a sight to see uh, May 15th. Well, thank you so much for coming on The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And also as a bonus nugget, girl, did you really do your own theme song? I did. I did. Hey. That's fine. I had to. I had to. It's <laughs> like I I wanted my own theme song, but you do you, It's hard trying to explain the weapon of ass destruction and not have it come off sexually. You know, I'm I'm a female. I got a big ass. So try to tell somebody, hey, I want this to be about the brutality, not the sexuality. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard to do that. So I told myself, you know what? How can they understand what the world is if I don't understand what the world is? So the only way for me to do that is to show them who the world is in my own words. And that's what I had to do. Well, I find that that's really cool. You're kind of in the same vein as, you know, Shawn Michaels and a lot of different people, you know, have been when they perform their own theme songs like the Usos and Naomi and them. So that's a cool thing that you did your own song. 
So I actually listened to a couple of seconds of it. I was like, ah, this is fire. <laughs> yeah. But thank you again for being on my show. Um, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. And yes, you are a star because I said so. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me so much. Like, really, this is so much fun. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so since I had the amazing Casey Dillon on my show, and I want to thank her for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, I want to take this time to actually put over this event a whole lot more, and I'm going to be doing it within the coming weeks leading up to the event. So the Belladonna Division is one of the first all-female women's promotions in the South, and I'm so proud that it's taking place in my home state of Alabama. Whoop, whoop, sweet home Alabama roll tie roll um i'm not a crimson tie fan i just say that because it's just in my bones either way um <laughs> i'm just really excited that this is taking place in alabama so um the event genesis is taking place on saturday may the 15th um 2021 at the gadsden mall in gaston alabama and if you need the address here it is it's one is 1001 Rainbow Drive, um, Gadsden, Alabama, 35901. Um, the general admission for tickets is $15 and ringside seats are $20. And the doors open at 6 p.m. But before the doors open for the Genesis event itself, um, legendary wrestler and all-around future Hall of Famer Jazz is going to be having a wrestling seminar that you can sign up for for only $50, and that's going to take place um, at the Gaston Mall from 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. So if you want to take that opportunity to learn from one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time, please do so. Go and get this class, you know. And plus, she's also booked, you know, to wrestle with us, you know, on that show, too. So please take that opportunity to do that as she goes on her retirement tour. Um, and then after that, of course, you have the Genesis event. And it's going to feature some of the greatest, you know, um, talent that we have, you know, in women's wrestling today. Um, some of these women have, you know, various backgrounds and various different um fighting styles and they have fought all over the world and competed in various promotions some of them even in wwe a couple of times and some of them um on impact and other places as well so first we have um nwa legend joyce grabble is going to be there harley fairfax valentina loca um a uk star by the name of eden von england jocelyn navarro who's a jamaican superstar um ariella Ariella Nix, Nina Monet, Gabby Ortiz, um, BB Ryan, Trixie, Shalance Royal, um, Heather Monroe, Rachel Raylin, Brittany Blake, and the weapon of all destruction, the WOAD, is going to be there. And also, I'm going to be making my um, official debut as a commentator, and I'm going to be commentating alongside Brittany Hufflin. She is amazing, and we're going to try to, you know, basically, well, not try, I'm going to try <laughs> um, to keep up with her as much as I possibly can, um, because this is going to be my first time, so I'm really excited, you know, to be a color commentator for 
for this event. Um, women's wrestling has always been something I've been passionate about. So the idea that something like this, you know, is happening in my home state and I get to be a part of it, you know, just really moves me, you know, and it'll always, you know, touch me to no end. And hopefully, you know, this can be the start of something new in my life. Um, no high school musical though. So, <laughs> so we're going to tear it down and we're going to tear it up at Genesis, which is basically, you know, the beginning of things, you know, if you're biblically, if you know anything, you know, about, you know, biblical knowledge, Genesis is translated to the beginning. And hopefully this can be the beginning of something great that can continue to happen in the state of Alabama, you know, for women's wrestling. So I'm really excited this is happening again. This Genesis is taking place Saturday, May the 15th. 2021 with the doors opening at 6 p.m. and you can buy your tickets at um this link that can that can be found on the instagram page for the belladonna division at belladonna division um and on their facebook page which is the belladonna division and here's the link it's um https the belladonna division dot square dot site um, but you can find the link on their social media platforms. Please follow them on Instagram and on Facebook. And of course, I'm going to be posting about it on my social media handles as well. So with that in mind, please support women's wrestling. Um, even the wrestling that you may or may not know about, please support it. The wrestling that's going on in your hometown, please support it. And just, you know, raise your voices for women's wrestling because there is a revolution happening and, it's only going to get greater from here. So please support us and please come out and support women's wrestling here in Alabama. Right, so thank you for listening to um, both of my episodes that I put out this weekend featuring two amazing talents that's going to be on the Belladonna Division show, Genesis, um, next weekend. And I have the pleasure of calling them as a first-time commentator, so I'm really excited to talk about these girls and put them over along with alongside my partner, Brittany Nicole. So if you have a mind to, please support the show. Um... I'm definitely looking forward to this opportunity. I'm really nervous, but I really hope that I can be the best color commentator I can be at this point and hopefully continue to have jobs like this in the future because you just never know. Maybe one day I'll be, you know, you'll catch me on WWE or Impact Television as a girl commentator. Like, who knows? So thank you for listening to these episodes. And I and like I say, all, and like, as I say, you can follow me on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod. And you can listen to the show anywhere you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, my YouTube channel, Hardy Wrestling Podcast, and just anywhere else you can get them. So with that in mind, I thank you so much for listening to the show. And I thank you for being supportive of the show continuously. Um, and I just hope to just continue to give you the best that I can give because I've got a lot of cool surprises coming up um, within the next couple of weeks. So with that in mind, I hope you're staying safe and being your best self. And until next time, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. Bye, y'all. Yeah, that's a note. Ha, ha, ha.